This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about reducing your taxes with a strategy called QCDs, which is Qualified Charitable Distributions. And with me today, I have financial planner Julie Chadwick, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to reduce your taxes. People always are liking any ways that we can reduce taxes, so this is an exciting topic. This is a popular topic. Yes, it is. (laughs) All right, so what the heck is a QCD? A QCD is a strategy that allows you to take money directly from a traditional IRA and transfer it directly to a charity and have the tax impact of that basically bypass your tax return. Now, let me put a little caveat out here right at the beginning. We are not tax preparers and you do need to rely on your own CPA for your tax advice for your own personal situation. However, QCD strategy is something that anybody who's eligible and follow the rules can use. So it's a good strategy to talk about when you're trying to minimize your taxes. Right. It's just a little bit different from what people are probably more familiar with, which is a, an RMD, which is the required minimum distributions that you have to take at 70 and a half. So the difference to that and a QCD is that the QCD is still taking a distribution, but it's going directly to the charity. The bonus of it is, is it's not going to count towards your income. Right. So let's kind of break it down a little bit and first talk about required minimum distributions because only people who are eligible for required minimum distributions, which we'll now call RMDs for the rest of this show, anybody who's eligible for an RMD would have the potential to use this strategy to reduce their taxes. So Julie, how old do you have to be to have eligibility for an RMD? It's not 70, but it's 70 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And as we record this show, there's actually legislation on the table that might push that back to 72. So by the time you hear this, it could have changed. (laughs) So it's always good to double check with what the current rules are, because they always are constantly changing. Exactly. So age 70 and a half, once you reach the year that you turn age 70 and a half, you have to start taking a required minimum distribution. QCD has a weird little quirk in it that says, you actually have to be 70 and a half to do this when the QCD occurs. So you you want to go ahead and make sure that your age is appropriate to do this. Right. So it's not going to work if you're below 70 and a half. You can still make charitable contributions, but it's just not going to qualify as a qualified charitable distribution. Right. Now, what type of accounts can you do this out of once you've hit that magic age? Um, required minimum distributions, these RMDs, have to come out of anything that is pre-tax. So RMDs are due out of traditional IRAs, rollover IRAs, 401ks, simple SEPs, and things like that. But you cannot do a QCD out of all of those kinds. You can only do a QCD out of traditional rollover or inherited IRAs. So simples and SEPs don't count to be able to do this from, and neither do 401ks at this time. Right. So... 
you have to take this required minimum distribution and there is a funky calculation to figure out how much. (laughs) (laughs) And RMD has a very quirky calculation and basically what they do is they take the value of the account at the end of the day on December 31st and they do a calculation that's based on your age as well as the age of any beneficiary that you have listed on the account. Mm-hmm. So essentially, in a nutshell, it sort of comes down to somewhere around between 4 to 5% of the value of the account is likely to be what your RMD is when you start. And as you get older, the amount or that percentage that the calculation ends up creating gets a little bit bigger each year. Right. And the whole purpose of a required minimum distribution is this has all been pre-tax money. So the IRS wants to make sure they get this money taxed before you pass on. (laughs) That's right. So here's the thing with it is that some people question us and say, well, gosh, is it going to make me take all of my money out of the account at, by some point? And the answer is no, because even when you're like in your 80s, it's still usually less than 10% of the account value that they're forcing out each year. Right. So it's a very slow progression going up. All right. So that's how the required minimum distributions work. Now, normally when you take those, that is considered taxable income and you have to report it on your return. Mm -hmm. The QCD allows you to take that required minimum and instead of sending it to you and putting it in your bank account, it would send it directly to a qualified charity. Right. That's the key to make it be the qualified part is Mm -hmm. that it has to go directly to the charity. You can't take receipt of those funds. If you take receipt of those funds, then it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. Right. If you bypass it going to you and it goes directly to the charity, that's how you qualify. Exactly. So here's the cool thing is that you having that money hit your tax return could have thrown you into a higher tax bracket. But by bypassing it and going directly to the charity, it doesn't even hit your return and you you never enter that higher tax bracket. So that's why you're able to reduce your taxes by doing this type of charitable giving. Now, the charity that it goes to does have to be an actual charity that is a 501c3 eligible charity. Right. So there's certain things that don't qualify, like private foundations or um, entities that are working or supporting exempt organizations or family members or things like that. So it does have to be that 5013C qualification. Right. And you also can't just put it into a donor advised funds. We've done other shows about how donor yep. advised funds can be a good tax strategy, and they definitely can. You just can't combine the QCD with the donor advised fund. So, so many moving parts. <laughs> I know. There's lots of rules. <laughs> But here's the thing with it is that the when you're doing your donations to charity, what a lot of people do is they take those required minimums, they put them in their bank account, and then at some point in time, they're giving that money to charity anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might recognize yourself in this story. We were working with a client who was taking their required minimums monthly, and then every month they were giving some money to their church. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that. Well, what we were able to help them do is instead of taking the required minimums and putting them in their bank monthly and then turning around and giving that money to the church, while where that that schematic was hitting their tax return and throwing them into a higher bracket, what we're able to do is take that money and do a lump sum distribution right to the church. And then the church got the money, it went directly to them, it bypassed the people's tax return, and it left them in a lower overall bracket. 
So you think that by donating your money yourself to the charity, you're going to get the same impact, and it's not the same impact. Right, because there were some changes in the standard deductions that really mm-hmm. kind of affected all that. So that kind of um, eliminated that stand- those deductions that people were used to counting on. Right. So so understanding how your standard deduction works makes this whole strategy that much more important to you. So it used to be that you got a standard deduction and then you were able to tack on top of that things like mortgage interest and charitable deductions and investment costs and things like that. It doesn't work that way anymore. Right. With the more recent tax changes, the standard deduction went way up, but all of your charitable contributions are inside of that number. Mm -hmm. So unless your charitable contributions help you exceed that number and you have a reason to itemize, then the standard deduction is absorbing any charitable deductions or any charitable contributions you do. So if you're married and you're not giving away more than, let's say, $24,000 in a year, you may not even itemize, in which case you're getting the standard deduction but basically getting no additional benefit for charitable contributions you make directly. Right. This way, you take the RMD, send it directly to the charity, bypasses your tax return, so that never even hits your tax return, and you still get the advantage of the entire full standard deduction, and you accomplish your charitable giving. So it allows you basically to stack the benefits. Right. We saw a lot of people a lot of times thinking with this changes in those standard deductions, thinking, well, I'm not going to maybe do so many charitable donations because it doesn't really help me anymore. Right. So this is kind of a really nice way to be able to still be charitably, if you're charitably inclined, to be able to make that happen. Right. Now, there are some other rules connected to these QCDs that are important for people to understand. One of them is that they're limited to the amount of money that would be taxed as ordinary income. So that means if you have an IRA that is non-deductible, where you Mm -hmm. didn't deduct those contributions, so not all of it coming back out is taxable, then you can't do a QCD with that non-deductible part. Right. It's just only going to be the deductible part. And some people get tripped up on that. I know that (laughs) sounds kind of (laughs) technical, but you don't want to think you're accomplishing a tax minimization strategy and then all of a sudden find out, oops, you did it with the wrong part of the money. Right. You want to make sure what you're doing is going to work for you. Exactly. There's also a maximum annual amount that you can do this with, and the maximum annual amount that can qualify for QCD is $100,000. Now, this can be done per spouse. That's what the good thing is. Yes. So if you're married and filing jointly, technically you can do up to $200,000 this way. So People might say, well, wait a minute, my RMD is only Mm $25,000, but I can do a QCD for $100,000? And the answer to that is yes, you can. Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists for six years running, including 2023 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and 2023 Forbes Top Women Wealth Advisors Best in State, number one in South Dakota. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about how to reduce your taxes with QCDs. And again, a QCD, a qualified charitable donation, is a direct transfer of funds from your traditional IRA payable to a qualified charity. So it bypasses you, goes direct to the charity. And it can be counted towards satisfying your required minimum distributions for the year as long as certain rules are met. 
So we talked about some of those rules. And Julie, one of the big rules is the timing that this has to be done. So tell us a little bit about that timing. Previously, we talked about the limitations and how much you can donate, which we know it's $100,000 per spouse. But the deadline for these are December 31st of each year. So it's not like certain other things where you can go and do do right before tax time of the next year. These have to be completed by December 31st of each year. Yeah, so here's the thing to keep in mind with that is most IRA custodians have their own deadlines too. So Mm -hmm. just because technically the law says December 31st, I can promise you that your financial advisors and the companies that manage your IRAs are not saying December 31st is the drop dead (laughs) date to get paperwork in. (laughs) Right. So you really want to take a look at what the cutoff dates are from different, your different institutions, Mm -hmm. because they're going to have dates to make sure that they get everything processed and in and submitted by. So, and so planning ahead, many of them are early to mid December. Right. I wouldn't be waiting to the last minute. No, definitely. Definitely not, because you can miss a great opportunity to try to reduce your taxes if you miss those deadlines. So the QCDs, if you're going to use them only for uh, eliminating the impact of taxes from your RMD, then there's some additional timing things that are kind of quirky with these. So, So let's talk about those for a second. When you take money out of a traditional IRA, the fir- and you and you have to do an RMD. So mm-hmm. if you're in the age bracket where you have to do an RMD, the first dollars out of the traditional IRA are deemed to satisfy your RMD. Right. So whatever kind of distributions you're doing, it's going to count towards that RMD. Whether you're using it for something else, that's exactly what it's going to count towards. Right. So let's say that you were required to take out $10,000 for your RMD this year. And in January, you take out $5,000 for yourself to live on. That means that you've satisfied half of your RMD already. Now, to use a QCD then any time throughout the rest of the year by the deadline of December 31st or whatever your institution says is their deadline, you can do the other $5,000 of your required minimums and send it directly to the charity. Then on your tax planning, you're going to have 5000 that hits your income as uh, taxable income, and you're going to have 5000 that bypassed it because it went directly to the qualified charity, okay? Now, let's tee up another scenario. Let's say that it's January, and you're supposed to take out 10000 and you take out 10000 in January to live on. The question is, can you still do a QCD? Right. That's been kind of some confusion. And absolutely, you can. It's not going to eliminate the first distribution that you did of $10,000. It would be an additional distribution. It's just going to not be additional income for you. Right. So if you're required to take 10000 and you take your 10000 and you use it to live on as a first distribution, then you are deemed to have completed your RMD because the first dollars out satisfy that RMD. You can still do a qualified charitable distribution. You can still do this QCD anytime during the year to a charity of up to $100,000. But it's not going to take that original ten grand that you took out and eliminate the impact of the taxes of that because you took it out first. Right. The other thing it's not going to do is any amount that you donated above your RMD does not count as satisfying future RMDs. Right. <laughs> so sometimes people think, well, if I'm doing, I only have to do 10 and I did 20, can I roll that 20 into the next year? And it doesn't work that way. So it's all going to be in the year that the distributions were made. Right. Now, is it wise to do that then? Is it wise to do a char- charitable contribution this way? when it's you've already satisfied your RMD. 
Well, it may be. That's where you have to really talk to your CPA about whether or not it's going to have any benefit in your situation or maybe visit with your financial advisor about whether it's going to have a favorable impact on your estate plan. But the bottom line is if it goes directly to a charity, it's not hitting your return and there's benefit to that. But is that the best way to do the donations? Right. That's so what might, you have to dig into. Yeah, it might be good just to maybe spread that stuff out. If that's the goal that you're looking for is keep it off of your income, then you might maybe want to split that out over each year. Right. Now, the other thing is here that state taxes can vary on this. So mm-hmm. all the taxation we've been talking about so far is federal. But when it comes to state taxes, state taxes can vary. So that's where you really have to consult your tax advisor, too, based on the state that you actually live in. Okay, so when you're making the QCD, you still have to receive the same type of acknowledgement of the donation that you would need to be claiming this charitable contribution. So keep that in mind, too, that when it gets sent, you're also going to want to have the the proof of receipt from the charity that they got the money and have that in your file. So if there's ever any audit questions or anything like that, that you've got the proof there. Okay, so one of the big questions that we tend to get is, well, this is a great idea, but can I do it from my Roth IRA? Right. And while you can do it from your Roth, you're just not going to get the same tax advantages and the the efficient moves to help you out. So it's going to be most served to do it out of the traditional IRA. Right. And the reason for that is because the Roth IRA, if you followed all the rules of those, is already coming out to you without taxation. Right. And so, therefore, you're not really getting that big of a bang for your buck if you're going to do that. Now, some people ask, okay, well, if I do this QCD, do I also get to claim it as a deduction? (laughs) The answer is no. It's kind of double dipping. You don't get to do both. (laughs) So from the, you know, from the standpoint of deductibility, you just have to balance whether or not it makes more sense to do it as a QCD Or does it make more sense to take the income, have it hit your tax return, and then do the donation? Mm -hmm. But these QCDs really can be a nice thing, especially if you are charitably inclined and if you're going to be giving a significant amount of money to different charities. It also is something that really can help you maximize this new standard deduction that we have. Right. Because you're going to get the full standard deduction and can do this QCD, and that's where you're really getting your biggest bang for your buck. Right. And so what are those limitations that we have? So for 2020 coming up, we're having the new standard deduction for a single person is 12400 And for a married couple, it's 24800 So those are the amounts that you are going to qualify for your standard deductions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think about this. If you're married and you've got this $24,800 standard deduction already, if that money comes to you and is taxable, and let's say you give 5000 of it away, if you're not already itemizing and have deductions well above that standard, then the benefit of that $5,000 charitable deduction literally is gone. Right. So you're not getting any additional benefit from it. So it's the understanding of the standard deduction coordination and the QCD rules that really make this a viable strategy for people. So here's the thing. If you're just somebody who writes a lot of little checks out to charities, this might not be a great strategy for you because most of the time the IRA custodians 
are only going to do a QCD for a minimum amount of dollars. I've seen it range anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 with different custodians. Right. So if you just have random ones that you like to do, that's really not going to benefit you. Right. So $100 here, $100 there, that probably isn't going to work. But if you're somebody who's giving $100 a month to something, Mm -hmm. then instead of doing it that way, you probably could give them $1,200 as a lump sum, still accomplish the same benefit of getting the money to them. It's just getting it to them in a lump sum and then lets you qualify for this benefit. Right. So I hope that that's been helpful for you, you know, when you're understanding how to incorporate this strategy of charitable desire and reducing your taxes. And all of these rules, like we said, are very complex. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of different moving parts, so it's good to consult both your tax advisor and a financial professional. Absolutely. So... Think about doing some QCDs yourself if you're eligible to do or if you're eligible for the RMDs, and that should help you reduce your taxes with the QCDs. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Stirk Financial Services is celebrating 20 years in 2024. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Osaic Wealth, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Stirk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Osaic Wealth. Osaic Wealth is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Osaic Wealth. The rankings for the Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list by Shook Research is based on due diligence meetings to evaluate each advisor qualitatively, a major component of a ranking algorithm that includes client retention, industry experience, review of compliance records, firm nominations, and quantitative criteria, including assets under management and review generated for their firms. The Forbes ranking of America's top women wealth advisors is based on an algorithm of qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices learned through telephone and in-person interviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Forbes is a trademark of Forbes Media LLC. All rights reserved. Rankings and recognition from Forbes, Shook, Research are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a current or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance results and such rankings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor.